I didn't say this in the introduction to the show, but just to be clear, we're going to spoil the movie. You've been warned. We're kicking off episode 153 of Monster Kid Radio with the song Demon Haunted. It's from the band The Slop Tones that appears on their album Demon Haunted. You can find them over at sloptones.bandcamp.com or you can follow the link in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. That's our website. This is our podcast. It's November 25th, 2014. I'm your host, writer-producer Derek M. Cook. Welcome to the show, and I am excited because, well, I had to make a change. Now, last week I said that we we're going to be talking about the movie The Killer Shrews this week on Monster Kid Radio. Slight change of plans, and we're going to be getting to The Killer Shrews here soon. However, I had an opportunity this week to sit down and record with somebody on Monster Kid Radio that's never appeared on the podcast before. However, I have shared the mic with her in the past, talking about my wife, Brenda. She is joining me on this episode and the next episode of Monster Kid Radio. We're going to talk about a new movie, totally outside the box for us. And we're going to talk a little bit about that during the conversation that we had. We're talking about the 2014 film Dracula Untold. And well, the reason we're talking about it, I don't want to spoil it. Okay, we'll, we'll get into it. But there's a reason why we're talking about it here on the show. And I'm stoked. I mean, I haven't had a chance to podcast with my wife in over a year we used to podcast together when I did a different podcast, and you know, it just was good. It felt natural. It felt great to look over and you know chat with my wife in person. It just felt really good. And I hope you enjoy the conversation about Dracula Untold and what it really meant to me and kind of sort of her in terms of it being the first film in this new universal branding, this new monster cohesive, not really a horror movie relaunch say i will get to it before that though why don't you check out our website monsterkidradio.net where you can find links to everything that we've got going on here at the show including our facebook group links to everything that we talk about here on the show our songs page where you can find every single piece of music that's appeared here on the show in the past with the band's permission you can find links to every band as well if you go to any of the band's websites and buy their albums or just give them a shout out let them know that you heard them first on monster kid radio you can also find a link to our patreon page where you can become a patron of monster kid radio and help support what we do here on a monthly basis monster kid radio is always going to be a free show we're never going to charge you for a regular episode there's always going to be a show coming out you know barring some sort of national international or personal crisis but if you want to help support the show so that we can continue to do it a little easier well head on over to patreon look up monster kid radio at patreon.com or again follow the link in the show notes if you are a patron of monster kid radio you may qualify for certain rewards depending on what level you help support us at you might get a special thanks and a special shout out like tom and eileen you can also see a list of patrons in the special thanks section over at our website. You can also find a link to our internet radio station over at Live 365, where you can listen to music and trailers from 1930s to 1960s monster movies. It's a good time. It's something that I listen to when my iPod runs out of juice. I pull up Live 365 on my smartphone and listen to that until I can get my iPod charged back up. All right. I've talked a lot about the website. I want to tell you a little bit about our Facebook page. We have just crossed the 400-like threshold over on Facebook. Now, we've got the Facebook group where you can get involved in conversations, that sort of thing. But we also have the Facebook 
page. Now, if you are a Facebook user, I'm going to ask you to head over there and give us a like. Apparently, there's some sort of threshold or something special happens when you get to 500 likes. Like I said, we're a little over 400 right now. So if you are a Facebook user and you haven't given us a like yet, well, I'd really appreciate your support. If you are a Facebook user and you like what we do here on the show, it's really helpful if you like all of our posts announcing new episodes or even sharing the posts on Facebook when a new episode comes out. Because even if you like or subscribe to a group or a page, not necessarily in that order, you might not see all the posts just because of how Facebook works and they want you to boost pages and pay for advertising, that sort of thing. We don't do that. We're going to count on you guys and gals who use Facebook to help us out with that. All right. Dracula Untold. It's the first film in the Universal relaunch, Universal Unite, which I'm still surprised hasn't been used in any kind of official communication from Universal Studios. But maybe you shouldn't give them any ideas because, you know, I've been using it for a while. Anyway, why don't we go ahead and get to that conversation with Brenda right after this. Death, eternal punishment for anyone who opens this casket. The mummy, is it dead or alive? Human or inhuman? You'll know, you'll see. You'll feel the awful, creeping, crawling terror that stands your hair on end and brings a scream to your lips. There's nothing on earth like the mummy. You will not remember what I show you now, and yet I shall awaken memories of love and crime and death. Now I know his horrible plan. He's going to kill her and make her a living mummy like himself. Do you enjoy movies like Carnival of Souls? The Mole People, Black Sunday, and The Tingler. Do you find yourself late at night reading magazines such as Film Max, Chiller Theater, or Monster Bash? Do you love vintage television programs like Sky King, Outer Limits, and The Time Tunnel? Do you find yourself surfing the net looking for the next monster movie festival or expo? Do you enjoy hearing anecdotes, cinematic details, and unusual insights into some of your favorite movies? If you answered yes to any of the above, you are encouraged to join your host, Vince Rotolo, as he examines some of the latest horror, sci-fi, and cult theatrical releases, new DVDs to add to your collection, and of course, the old classics, both good and bad. He even interviews people throughout B-Moviedom. So tune in to B-MovieCast at bmoviecast.com. Beyond any terror ever known, the black sleep, it wakes the dead. Five of the screen's greatest horror thrill stars, Basil Rathbone, Akim Tamirov, 
Lon Chaney, John Carradine, Bella Lugosi, and these beautiful women in their power. Pass through a madman's hellfire. Enter an ancient abbey's secret passage into the most terrifying tortured dungeon from the medieval past. Shocking victims of a famous brain specialist gone berserk. Plunging you into a reign of terror. That's cerebral fluid. But that means this man is alive. Yes, alive. This is criminal. Monstrous. Mungo! Why not use her? Put her on the black sleep. Take her up to surgery at once. A horror beyond belief. Feeding on beauty. <laughs> Lusting to claw the world apart. All right, so we're going to go a little outside the box here on Monster Kid Radio. We don't normally cover modern films, current movies. Whether they're monster movies or not, we just typically don't get into the modern stuff. However, because of what this movie is, well, I thought it was important to talk about a Monster Kid Radio, and I didn't want to do it by myself. I'm inviting, for the very first time, to Monster Kid Radio headquarters, my former podcasting partner and my forever partner in life, my wife, Brenda. So sweet. Welcome to Monster Kid Radio, hon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It has been a long time since we've recorded together. I know. My microphone was so dusty and furry. <laughs> really furry. This, this is probably since uh, I had my mom on the show, the first time I've done a, a dual mic recording for Monster Kid Radio. It's been a oh. little, Yeah. It's been forever. Are you saying you have left my microphone in the dust? Well, you left podcasting in the dust. You haven't been podcasting it's since true. we retired Mail Order Zombie back in 2013. It's been over a year. Jeez. Longer than that. Yeah. It's been quite a while. We used to do the zombie show together. For any listeners who were not with me during the mail-order zombie journey, Brenda was my, my I was partner. Miss Bren. Yeah, she were Miss Bren. Miss Bren. But we hit a lot of, um, well, one, how many fucking zombie movies can somebody watch? Are we, Language. Is this supposed to be a list? <laughs> Probably should have said something. People who listen to mail-order zombie know that my wife Sorry. is from Alaska. So, <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Is it? Yeah, it's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, it's been a long time, huh? Yeah, we did over 400 zombie movies on MOZ, and, you know, it was not, just... Not we. There is no way. <laughs> the collective we. <laughs> the collective we. You, me, Scott, Tracy, Wayne. I mean, all the people that were part of Mail Order Zombie. Uh, we did a lot of zombie stuff, and it was just time to move on, and, you know, now we're doing, or I'm doing, the classic monster stuff. Mm-hmm. Before we dive into the movie Dracula Untold, I'd like to ask your opinion, Um, because you live with me. (laughs) Spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) What has been your thought or your impression of my kind of going back to the black and white roots? I mean, what? not necessarily like, say, turning my back on zombie stuff, but just kind of changing my focus. Thank God. Really? Honestly, I mean, you were such a grouch about 
everything I, you were just tired of it you were burnt out on it and it wasn't necessarily leading to the kind of things that you had hoped in your heart of hearts would lead to and i think in part because it was so niche and as if what we're doing now what i'm doing now is a niche i don't think it is classic monsters you think it's more broad than zombie stuff yes okay i mean you're not sticking to like vampires or wolves you're, well i've been meaning to talk to you about thing. the uh, vampire spinoff show i want to do hmm. it's gonna be called the sparkle cast <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh yeah no just be about two hours of me every week going <laughs> uh, and how's your life been without podcasting honestly yeah easier yeah it was challenging to i don't know do everything that needed to be done and i was doing like an eighth of what you were doing i just could never tell how i was going to be feeling and our subject matter there just wasn't We'd sort of gone through everything, I felt like, so... Well, your draw to the zombie stuff was always... Psychological. Well, and the post-apocalyptic side of things. Oh, yes. And we just kind of got to the point to where we answered a bunch of questions for ourselves. Yes. And... Explored the topic. About as far as we needed to. Yes. I, I will forever be grateful for all the lessons I learned producing Mail Order Zombie and all the oh, relationships yeah. that we formed. Our family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, you know... It's something that gave us a lot. It really did. It really did. But you may have clung on a little bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> You're much happier now. You loved the podcast. Uh-huh. It was just time to move on to Do something. something different. Yeah. And I love, I love my classic monster stuff. I know. It's, I would say it's probably more of a first love than zombies were for me. So, you know, just because it's the stuff that I read about when I was a kid. So why did you focus on zombies? Because at the time, there was only one other zombie movie show, and I wanted to be kind of, you know, more original. I didn't just want to be another guy who was doing a horror podcast, because Mm. that's, you know, everybody does horror podcasts. And at the time, I didn't think this, but, I mean, these days, I know that there's always room for one more good one. Yes. And even if I were to launch a modern horror podcast, it'd be unique, because nobody has it through my filter. Yes. You know, but back then I didn't really feel that confident, I suppose. There was, yeah, you it's know, true at and, the beginning. And there was really only one other zombie movie podcast at the time. So I was kind of a, a fish in a smaller pond, mm. you know. Now, because I'm so interested in the classic stuff, I mean, my DVD collection, the weight of zombie modern stuff and black and white monster movies has shifted. The percentage has shifted a little bit mm. as I've added more classic movies and kind of thinned out some of the zombie stuff. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm really committed to the Wait, cla- yeah. you didn't keep Mulva, zombie ass kicker? <laughs> no, I didn't keep Mulva. <laughs> I, I did keep a few. I mean, I still have quite a few zombie movies over there. But, you know, no, there are a few that I, I let go. And that's, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, you know, even though I had all the zombie stuff, I, I also had all the Universal Monster movies because I love that stuff. And that's why we're going to talk about the movie that we're talking about this time around, Dracula Untold, which came out this year, 2014, completely outside of our wheelhouse, sort of. Not really. Yeah, I, I really mean, don't think it is. I think one of the things that was a struggle for you in the last podcast and obviously still in this one is this box that you def- put yourself in mm-hmm. and... I don't think this is outside of your box, your wheelhouse at all. <laughs> well, if I can give a shout out to uh, Vincent the Gang over at the B Movie Cast, 
you know, they said in their last episode, if the movie makes them happy, if they like it, then it's a good movie. And right. that's the kind of stuff that they cover on the B movie cast, even if it's not a traditional whatever, you know, they cover these movies that they love. So maybe Dracula Untold is relevant. Uh, we'll find out in our conversation. Okay. Now, the reason I wanted to watch this movie and talk about it is because Universal has been talking for a while about rebooting, relaunching their monster franchise in the vein of Marvel's Avengers stuff. I hmm. did, uh, or in their comic book universe. I did a monster editorial a while back talking about this Universal Unite directive, which I don't think is the phrase they're using. I came up with that, but uh, <laughs> they're wanting to do this. And at the time, they were saying the mummy was going to be the first one. Hmm. But then this movie happened. Dracula Untold came out. And my understanding is, and I'd have to research it, is that once the plans were in motion to relaunch their Universal Monster universe, they went in and added a shot or a scene, excuse me, to the end of this film so that it could be the launching point into their combined universe. And in case we didn't say it or in case I didn't say it at the beginning of the show during the intro, spoilers aplenty here because we're going to talk about some things that may ruin the film if you haven't seen it, like that last scene. The part where let the games begin, that's the launcher? Yeah, yeah. So spoiler alert, Brenda just gave you the very last line of the film. <laughs> But yeah, exactly. That's what I think. It just doesn't seem very... It didn't fit. No, Well, it was okay. It didn't make sense to the movie at all for me. But I also don't understand how that launches everything. Well, it establishes that Dracula is... You know, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Okay. Let's, let's go back okay. to the beginning. How much do you know about the Dracula story? Like the original novel, the Vlad, the Impaler stuff... I thought I knew enough. Anyways, oh. I know enough to get by in the modern world. <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't know was the whole silver thing. I thought that was werewolves. A lot of people think it's just werewolves, but us monster kids know. <laughs> that it's also Dracula? Yeah, Dracula's always had a thing about silver and some other unique things that aren't really talked about too much. Running water is a big deal. Uh, in one of the Hammer films, Hawthorne is bad because that's what the cross was of thorns was made of mm. for Jesus. Um, there's a handful of other things here and there, but silver is kind of a big deal. Oh, uh, wooden stake is the big one. Well, actually, sunlight's the big one. But okay. Anyway, were you aware that a lot of people say that the Vlad the Impaler story went into yes. the origins of Dracula? So you knew that connection oh, yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, the movie is about that. It's about Vlad. The, it's Game of Thrones meets Dracula. You know, it's, it's Game of Thrones <laughs> meets Underworld, including Rickon, including Rickon and the, the the asshole dad. What's his name? Tywin. Oh, who was he in there? He was the first vampire. He's the Let's the Games Begin guy. You're right. Yeah. So a little bit of Game of Thrones, a little bit of Underworld. I mean, it just really felt <laughs> like this epic movie that. I don't associate with the Universal Monster movies. Oh, it just you're felt right, but so big. But isn't that due to the not because they wouldn't want to do epic, but because they didn't have the capacity to do epic in those days? You know, I don't know. I mean, that's really there's a difference between the movies that are being made now and the movies made then because of the epicness, because of all the CG that you can do, right. because of all the people involved. Right. It's a much different industry and business. So I don't know if they would have done that if they could have. Hmm. I mean, they were making epics back then, Gone with the Wind. I mean, they made these huge pieces right, of cinema. Right, but that's not epic the way this is. Gone with the Wind is not epic in this manner. It's 
it's big. It's it's epic in a different way. Anyway, so can I point out first of all that I feel like this is not the first time I've seen this kind of a story told regarding Dracula. In uh, let's see, 2000 on the USA Network, there was a TV movie called Dracula. Excuse me, Dark Prince: The True Story of Dracula, and it's basically this, but much more low budget. <laughs> And I actually really kind of like it. Oh. So, I mean, I, I have seen something like this before. Peter Weller's in that movie, you know, Robocop. There's not nearly as much vampire stuff in it. Again, though, it feels very Bravehearty, which I felt Braveheart was an influence mm-hmm. on this as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like this really tried to cast Dracula in the Braveheart role, hmm. which, if you know a little bit about the history, I suppose, of the Turks and how all that went right. down, there is some of that. Right. I do think they did a good job making his character as sympathetic. You could be sympathetic. Oh, I know, and I didn't want to be, and that's my problem. Dracula's the bad guy, Well, it's interesting, because all the other vampires were true bad guys. Something about Vlad made him particularly principled vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so it, it's the basic setup. It's the Turks want the, are, are coming in because well, they wanted a thousand children. Is that what they said? They wanted a thousand kids, Transylvanian kids. Right, because they are going to try to conquer more land, government, whatever, more. Mm-hmm. And so their typical buy-off doesn't work, the money. They also want a thousand kids, including Vlad's kid. and Rickon from Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They wanted Rickon. You know, Rickon, man, his whole father situation, man, I feel he bad knew. for that kid. <laughs> yeah, Dracula, you get his head chopped off in front of him. I mean, come on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um... I mean, that's the setup. And that's in the whole thing is that he doesn't, of course, want to give up his kid, but he's been ruler, the prince that has created peace and prosperity in the few years he has been back because he was originally given to the Turks to be raised with the Turks. and Which is history, which is true. Right. Uh, okay. It's also true that there was a brother that is not mentioned in this movie at all. Vlad had a brother that also went over. Okay. So, but so anyway. anyways, he's going to do it differently and essentially won't give up the kids. And starts a war. It starts a war. For the children. And it seems like a relatively not very well thought out war. (laughs) He doesn't really tell anybody what's going on. He just kind of ups and does it. And I suppose that's Prince Privilege. (laughs) But, you know, I I would imagine you'd want to tell the armed soldiers you have escorting your wife that, hey, I'm about to start some shit. My opinion was that it came to the moment to commit. And he just couldn't make himself do it. Yeah. And then he killed all of that particular party by himself. By himself. Yes. He's capable. He is the Impaler after all. Right. He is a vicious, vicious man. The opening title sequence told us so. (laughs) And that's the war. And Well, that's 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 how it starts. He knows he stepped in it. Can I just say? Yeah. The wife... Sweet, angelic, beautiful, says some horrific things. You promised it would be different for our children. Yeah, you <laughs> failed us. Some horrific things that, of course, you know, she never says anything about feeling guilty after he makes the choice to do the pledge period for vampirism. It, <laughs> she knows eventually, but she never thinks back or expresses any like, sorry, I was such a 
horrific bitch about <laughs> dropping our like giving our kid away for peace in the country. Sorry, I was such a shrew. My bad. My bad. <laughs> so of course uh, he can't yeah. give up the kids. Be- nope. Part and you know she really didn't help him with that sacrifice. And conveniently, right before this all happened. A castle broken tooth or whatever it was called. Mount, Mount, Mount broken, broken tooth. tooth. Which <laughs> there's a vampire in a cave. Yeah. If the CGI didn't tip you off, the name of the location tip should tip you off that it feels like a video game movie. Oh. Mount Broken Tooth. Broke tooth. I forget what it was called. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, it was pretty silly. Something broke tooth or something. Yeah. So anyways, he goes back and apparently if he drinks the vampire blood, but then does not drink human blood in the three days of the pledge period, he won't become a vampire. If he does drink human blood, then he'll become a vampire forever, ever. I don't know if I've heard that part of the vampire legend. No, I never knew there was a pledge period. Yeah. So that's what he does to get the powers to fight off the Turkish army. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we can real quick, we kind of missed this point. That main vampire is played by Charles Dance. He's the actor. The other, uh, actors in the movie i wanted to talk about i want to make sure we mention luke evans played dracula and at one point you said he's a very pretty man <laughs> and dracula's wife is sarah gaden i believe is how her last name is pronounced and if i remember right and i'm colorblind so correct me if i'm wrong doesn't she have gorgeous blue eyes she has stunning blue eyes is that a transylvanian thing i don't know yeah i don't know but she does have stunning blue eyes she's very angelic looking blue eyes uh pale skin and blonde hair. That's what I'm forgetting. Long, blonde, Rapunzel hair. Did she feel Eastern European to you? She didn't feel Eastern European to me. Felt very Scandinavian, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. then I, I guess I don't know what most Transylvanians look like. I always assumed they were more... Well, they all look like Bela Lugosi, from what I understand. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true. <gasps> that's unfortunate. What? <laughs> and then the kid, uh, the son, it's Art Parkinson, and we mentioned he was on Game of Thrones. Yeah, so. he did a good job. He was. Yeah, I like I, him better in this than yes. I do in Game of Thrones. I, I don't not like him. <laughs> he's not useless. Right. Well, I mean, and, he doesn't do much, but he's not and useless. broken by trauma. And yeah, all he's not screaming and crying all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, becomes pledging vampire. <laughs> It's 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 a trial period. It's a trial period. You know, it's one of those things where you have to opt out of though if you don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, you, you get the letter in the mail and if you don't send it back in with a certain amount of time. I thought it was opt in. You I, have to opt in by drinking human blood. I don't it's know. an opt in. I don't know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed when he was trying to run to get home and then poof turns into bats and then poof comes back to himself and is like, "Holy shit, what just happened, man? <laughs> I turned into a bunch of bats." So. <laughs> The image was neat. It was. And Once the reaction was neat, too. Well, you know, I mean... That first reaction, wouldn't you be like, holy shit, whoa. what just happened? <laughs> Charles Dance didn't tell me this would happen. It's that part in the video game that you're playing. I'm going to relay a bunch of this to video games. It's the part in the video game where you're playing where the character is like going on a training mission, and that happens for the first time, and you're like, whoa, okay, oh, now I know I can do this for the rest of the game. Bat. Yeah. Now I can be a bat. Yeah. <laughs> It's a cool visual. It, it was well, a neat visual. The there reaction, were a lot of neat visuals. Well, and the reaction was awesome. Yeah. Because there was a sense of levity to parts of the movie that I thought made it, were appropriate. They didn't cheese it. Really? And okay. I don't think the levity made it cheesy. Other things made it cheesy. Yeah. So the turning into a bat, I thought, was a neat visual. Um, Not a bat. Well, 
Okay, the, the swarm of bats. Heard of what do you call bats? a group of bats? I don't know. I a better. group of Draculas. <laughs> Let's see. Group. While Brenda's looking that up, I also want to mention there was a really cool visual. I don't think I've seen this before. When the master vampire gets hit by a sword, and then the person holding that sword steps into the sunlight, and the sun reacts to the vampire blood on the blade of the sword. I thought that was cool. It was amazing. I don't think I've seen that before. In fact, if I think back to almost every vampire hunter type movie I've seen, I don't think I've seen the vampire blood react once sunlight hits it, which I thought, again, very, very cool touch. Did you find it? It's a colony. A colony? Well, that makes sense. Can we, we do that. Can we just call it a batarang? A batarang? A batarang of bats. We, we, I knew it was a colony. We've, we've Of course it's a colony. been playing Lego Batman. <laughs> Let's just call it a battering of bats. All right, so this big battering of bats he can turn into uh, unless he forgets. (laughs) Which which Uh. he he does at one point. We'll talk about that. Okay. Uh, But he goes running back and, you know, the Turks are there. How many people do you think showed up? Oh, it was a a thousand or it was 10,000 because remember the guy went back and said he killed a thousand. Oh, that's right. A hundred thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So, but first of all. (laughs) Again, I feel like this prince is not making long, well-thought-out decisions because he goes to go to old Broke Tooth, <laughs> Broke Tooth Mountain and <laughs> plays um, or starts the game with Charles Dance, the mm-hmm. Master Vampire, whatever mm-hmm. game this is, Game of Things. And he didn't tell anybody. I mean, he said, I'll, I'll be back. You just hang out. I know there's an army coming. I'm going to go uh, yeah, climb but- me a mountain. I thought he had a good explanation. I went to find my strength. Well, you know, when he shows back up after right. the army's already attacking his people. Were they know, attacking or, the or were they like coming? On the way. They it were just on felt the way. very nick of time kind of. Of course. I'm glad he's back now. Yeah. And then he kills everybody in the room. Not in the room, honey. <laughs> he goes out, meets the army, kills them all by himself. At one point, my eyes are rolling out of my head because it's so freaking ridiculous. Even, you know, they had this great image of following him around and the reflection of a sword, but it just kept and that going went on way too long. and going and going. Anyways, he's done killing everybody and the army, his army comes running up behind him. Like, where the fuck were they? Well, he killed a thousand men. Seriously. <laughs> they were, I don't know, eating dinner before they came out. They had to, you know, put their boots on and. I feel like it was supposed to imply how quickly he went through them, but it It didn't didn't feel quickly. No, You could see him killing them one at a time, and it just felt like, I don't know, he spent two hours killing people, and they just finally showed up like, we're here, man, we got your back. (laughs) It's like when you're doing laundry, and I wait to the very end when I show up, and I'm like, okay, I'm here to help. And you're what like, can I fold? you're folding the last town. Like, oh man, you got it all already. <laughs> also, this uh, particular fight scene had one of my most. I just hate it when there is a circle of people, uh, but one and two at a time they attack Dracula, Drac, Pl- Vlad, whatever we're calling him at this point. One or two at a time, even though there's you know circles of hundreds. We're polite. We're polite fighters. Now fighting number 174. <laughs> now fighting number 174. It was like this little number thing. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I think that's pretty silly. I mean, on the one hand, I get that you probably, especially in a circle formation, don't want everybody on the 180 degree line mark to charge at the same time as everybody else because somebody's going to get hurt. But 
they all do just kind of hang out and wait for their buddies to get killed before they attack. Again, maybe it's that whole thing again, waiting till the laundry son is like, oh, okay, here I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man, I really, hmm. Oh, darn. <laughs> oh, darn. All right, so he attacks the first bunch. Somebody goes home and says, oh, God, he killed all of them. The big cheese bad guy says, send 100,000 then. That's where we are, right? 100,000? Was it 10,000? 100,000? Send all of them. No. <laughs> send all the Turks. <laughs> But blindfold them and march them down a canyon. They blindfolded them because then they couldn't be scared of what they were fighting. <laughs> and one of the things that <laughs> you and I were bitching about during the movie, they're walking down a canyon. It's this long canyon. Perfect ambush place, I've played enough right? Dungeons and Dragons to know. You do not do that. <laughs> they're walking down it, no big deal, not really thinking about it, because they're blindfolded, clearly. And I'm thinking, why the hell didn't Vlad, like, set up avalanches or anything? You know, they're in the perfect spot to just crush thousands at a time. No. Yeah? No. <laughs> no. They cannot fear what they do not see. Yes. Except the guy behind me who also has a sword and he can't see. And if I slow down <laughs> or he speeds up or trips. <laughs> uh, is that a real battle tactic? Oh. Blindfold your people so they can't. I, I don't know. Okay, but then come bat bombs. <laughs> the bat bombs. Yeah. You know. Bat bombs, man. It makes up for everything. It was... It I was, don't need battle tactics. I've got bat bombs. I don't need battle tactics when I've got bats. It was... Uh, <sighs> you know, it was visually impressive. It was stunning. Beautiful. There were a lot of very well-constructed shots. Yes. And even though it was very CG heavy. I didn't think it was bad CG. I most of it. I didn't... I knew it was CG. That's a, I lo- <laughs> what just happened? You know, I love the old classic movies, okay? And I can put myself in the mindset of somebody watching these movies who hasn't had an opportunity to study cinema on DVD and Blu-ray on my iPod, you know, the way that I do now. What? You know, when you watch these older movies and you think about the people who saw them for the first time, they are not familiar with modern filmmaking techniques and things like that. And I kind of feel jealous every once in a while of people like that from back then. Because when I watch a movie now and I see the bat bombs, I'm like, oh, that's just a computer. And it takes a little bit out of it for me. Oh. And I can't enjoy it the same way even if I knew it was just latex and physical effects. I don't really? know. Really? Yeah, it's, it's a weird quirk with me. Hmm. I may have just admitted to my mother that she's right about something, about how knowing so much about movies being made yes. kind of ruins it a little bit for me. I, I hope she's not listening. Um, <laughs> Heaven forbid your mom knows she's right. Uh, well, you know. All right. I don't know about you guys and gals, but I get all warm and fuzzy and tingly inside just having my wife on the show. You know, I'm kind of attached to her. I'm a big fan. But it also was really fun to have her come on to Monster Kid Radio. And we actually found something that we can talk about here on the show. She's not the biggest fan of all the classic monster movies that I watch, especially the uh, less than prestige ones. But it was really good to have her on the show and you know have her support. And it was enjoyable to watch the movie with her. So... You know, that may have colored my opinion of the film, but we'll get more into our opinion of the film in a couple of days in part two of our conversation in our 154th episode of Monster Kid Radio. I want to give you a heads up about a couple of things that are happening in the near future. December's rolling around. It means we've got a bunch of holidays, depending on what you worship or practice. And 
Monster Kid Radio's got you covered. There's going to be the Monster Kid Radio Holiday Gift Guide. That's coming up here very soon in December. But before that, yeah, the spinoff, it's finally happening. The Creature from the Black Lagoon podcast, The Creature Casts Among Us, is going to launch. My plan is the final Saturday of every month is a new episode, which means November 29th, episode one. It's coming. Stay tuned for that. I will make sure that the episode appears in the Monster Kid radio feed. And I think that's where it's going to stay for now. Uh, Maybe at the beginning of 2015 when I have more time, I'll go ahead and launch its own separate feed. But as long as you stay tuned to Monster Kid radio, you'll always get the creature casts among us the last Saturday of every month. So that's coming. Couldn't have done it without you guys and gals. Appreciate everybody's support. You know, before we wrap up, I'm going to go ahead and go back in time to a recording that I made a couple of days ago. Right now. If you go look at the show notes for the past few weeks worth of episodes, you might see something in there where I mentioned, remember our wiki project, but I haven't really talked about it on the show except for once a few weeks before. So the wiki project, it has to do with Wikipedia. You know, here's the thing. I don't feel like classic horror and monsters and sci-fi and fantasy gets enough representation on Wikipedia. So what I'm suggesting is that those of us who know how to write wiki speak, those of us who know how to code for Wikipedia, they go on and start making some updates and maybe even additions to include some of our favorite movies. Sure, Dracula, Frankenstein, Creature from a Black Lagoon, they all have pretty solid entries. But... Not all of the movies do, and I feel like if Wikipedia is going to go ahead and list a year's worth of storylines for your favorite WWE wrestler, Wikipedia can certainly have a more fleshed-out entry for movies like Destination Inner Space. And we covered that movie here on the show a while back, and if you look up the movie Destination Inner Space on Wikipedia, you'll see that it's been updated to include some information that was shared on the show. Now, this isn't about getting Monster Kid Radio on Wikipedia. This is about getting information onto Wikipedia about the classic monster movies. Anything that's relevant to the kind of things that we love here on the show, I think a lot of us would like to see listed on Wikipedia. Another example, go look up Boris Karloff, and under the Legacy section, you'll see that somebody has added an entry about Randy Bowser's one-man play, Karloff, which is actually what I'm driving home from right now. I'm recording in the car as we speak. But if you check that out, you'll see what I mean. So, if you learned something new about one of your favorite monster movies here on Monster Kid Radio, or in a monster movie book, or magazine, or documentary, and you think it's something that is Wikipedia-worthy, why don't you head on over there and start making those updates. Back to the show. Science hunts Amazon Gilman in the most astounding expedition of our time. This is exactly as it was 150 million years ago when it was part of the Devonian era. As man continues his conquest of the unknown, daring underwater adventurers challenge the world's most treacherous waters to find the only living link with the beginning of time. Creature from the Black Lagoon, rising from the monstrous depths to astound and terrorize the world. No! Feel the frightening fury of a man-beast aroused to strange emotions by its first sight of a woman. See underwater thrills never filmed before. Amazing underwater battles never dreamed of before. Creature from the Black Lagoon.
starring Richard Carlson and Julia Adams, the screen's first underwater 3D thrill. Okay, that brings us to the end of episode 153 of Monster Kid Radio. Big thanks to everybody who's listening, downloaded, giving us support, liked us on Facebook, giving us reviews on iTunes or anything like that. You guys and gals are the best. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Monster Kid Radio has the best podcast listeners in the potosphere. And big thanks to my wife for appearing on the show. Brenda, you rock. But you kind of already know that. At least I hope you do because I try to tell you that every day. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Like I said, part two of our conversation coming up here in a couple of days. Until then, remember that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song Demon Haunted. That belongs to the Slop Tones that appears on their album, Demon Haunted. You can find them over at sloptones.bandcamp.com. Talk to everybody in a couple of days.